Welcome to the only podcast for piano teachers just starting out, Piano Teacher Primer. My name is Angela Toon. Keep listening for the prime pro tips you can use with your own students right away. Before we get started, you've got to come check out my unconventional way of teaching scales. I've combined things that I've learned from different classes and different people and good old experience, and I teach scales in a different way. And I teach it because we wanna teach not only how the scales are all different, like different sharps and flats and things, but how the scales are all the same. These patterns will help them stick in their brains. It'll transfer more easily to theory in their music or if there's anything like pop songs or composing or jazz in their future. So take the confusion out of scales and come to my Scales Masterclass, Tuesday, May 16th, 10 a.m. Mountain Daylight Time, and a recording will also be available. But come on Zoom, you can ask questions, we can learn from each other. There's 12 major scales, right? So it's $12 and you can sign up on my brand spanking new website, angelatune.com. See you there. Christina Whitlock, I'm trying to not fangirl over here. Oh my gosh. <laughs> she and her 120 plus podcast episode and me with my 20 something podcast episode. So she's the real pro, everybody. And so Christina, welcome. Introduce yourself for us. Oh, thank you so much, Angela. I am Christina Whitlock. I like to pretend I am everyone's anytime piano teacher friend. Um, and that comes from my podcast, as you mentioned, which is now, yes, over 120 episodes. And basically, uh, my favorite thing to do in life is talk to other teachers like we're doing right now. So Yay. this was such a terrific invitation. And so and say your podcast is called Beyond Measure, which that is, is correct, the Beyond Measure podcast. And that is my attempt really just to give back to the piano teaching community that I love so much. I feel like uh, it has done so much for me and I want to offer what I can back to the profession. And I feel like my strong suit is just being a good like friend and shouter of solidarity to the masses in our profession. So that's what I do every week is just kind of make sure everybody feels seen and heard and valued um, and reminded that we all bring something to this work. Uh, oh, but I do also totally comes through. I feel that. And even though I'm kind of starstruck having you on my computer right now at the same time I do feel like you're my piano teacher friend and that oh. we could just talk for days so I well, love thank it. you that's exactly the intent so anytime someone echoes that I get really excited so we were talking off camera it's very much real life around here no need to be starstruck at all <laughs> But I do have an independent studio in Muncie, Indiana. Um, I currently teach about 42 students each week, um, and that includes students from age 5 through 89. 
And I just recently left um, an adjunct position at Taylor University because I really just have this pulling on my heart to uh, work more with other teachers. And there just aren't enough hours in the day. So um, I gave up that work that I loved very much, um, but to give myself room to create more resources and write some books and things for uh, the piano teaching community. So. Wow. Were you, so you were teaching at the university? Mm -hmm. I was. And so I was teaching. Piano? A uh, yeah, I was teaching applied piano. I was also teaching a three semester course of piano pedagogy classes and piano literature. So. Wow. Crazy. <laughs> big life it's a, change. It's a life. <laughs> yeah, big life change. Well, I would love to hear as you know, we have, we want to hear how the pros got started. <laughs> I want to hear how you got started teaching piano and, and your journey from there. Okay. Well, I very much hesitate to call myself a pro. However, I have been at this a long time. <laughs> so the short version of the story is that my dad decided to surprise me with a baby grand piano that's sitting here beside me today uh, for my 14th birthday um, and kind of did so without talking to my mom and <laughs> the whole thing. But when he told her, she was like, oh, she has to go play it to see if she likes it. Um, of course, I was going to like it. That's very cute of my mom <laughs> to have thought I would have known any better. Um, but that's OK. So when I went into the store to play the piano and try it, um, he heard me play and he said, oh, we need a teacher. Will you please come work at this store? Um, and so I grew up in a very small town. I ended up teaching at a different store actually than that one but that was the impetus to the whole thing um my very small town only had one piano teacher and that was my teacher and she was full so they just took on you know her top student which happened to be me and i you know it was such looking back such a great experience um it's a little mortifying because i did not know what i was doing <laughs> And there are just so many humorous things that I recall saying and doing that I'm like, oh my gosh, what made me do that? Um, and at the same time, I love it now because I feel like I can honestly say that I've been every teacher. Like I've been the teacher who's just trying to figure it out and just, you know, winging it as I go. Um, I've been, you know, the college student. I have a degree in piano performance and then I have a master's in performance and pedagogy. So I've done all the academic stuff. Um, and now I'm 28 years in to teaching a full studio, like for, I don't even know, like what, 60 some percent of my life. Um, and it's not too bad. <laughs> so as we all know, experience is everything in this field. And I feel incredibly fortunate to have received this vast amount of experience at my age that I can really have learned from and still have energy at this stage in my life to carry out. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And you're a mom. Yeah, I'm a mom. My daughters are, yeah, my daughters are 12 and six. So we're, you know, deeply rooted in elementary and middle school. So it's a wild world. <laughs> yes, it is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I have four and it is, it is 
a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. My oldest is in college now, so it's nice wow. to her kind of doing her thing. But... Well, I will come calling when I need advice on all of that. <laughs> no, I won't have any. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's so cool. That's your advice. No, I'm just kidding. That's so funny. I always, you know, I used to really worry about teenagers and I still do, of course, but at the same time, like to see your children grow up into actual, you know, like sort of adult like people is really fulfilling. Right. And I just, I love the talks we can have now. And anyway, so I'm, yeah. I'm really looking forward to My son is hilarious. That. My high schooler is so funny. We say he's equal parts <laughs> annoying and <laughs> <laughs> That sounds about right, right? I'm again, I'm in middle school world and that is exactly where and we're at. you've taught all through having your kids and everything. Absolutely. Um and you know, so this is not one of my planned tips for teachers, but I do think I really kind of had a reckoning over the last few years where I mean, I used to just feel like all right, piano teaching is what I do and I really kind of made my family kind of mold around that. Um, and, you know, I was just like, you know, I'm busy in, in the evenings and this is just how it is. And my family has always been very adaptive to that. My girls grew up being very independent, even at very early ages, uh, because they knew mom had to teach. And, you know, my husband comes home and just scoops them up and, you know, does all the things. And just in the last year or so, I've been like, you know what? it's all going by too fast. So things have to kind of shake up a little bit. So I did just add four digital pianos to my studio last August. And I stepped into yes, they're behind me here. Um, I stepped into the wonderful world of group instruction. Wow. And that is something that I've always been intrigued by. Um, I used to always be so nervous about the financial investment up front. But we have more than made that back, you know, in a very short amount of time. So that's been a good way for me to keep uh, a lot of my students in the mix that I didn't want to say goodbye to. And yet, you know, I get a little bit of my life back. I'm still still working on the balance part. <laughs> I'm not, we I haven't figured it all out yet, but yeah. We all are, you know, I stick a lesson in while my daughter's being brought home from the carpool. I, I have <laughs> yes. a couple of mornings before school and they have school lunch that day and we can make it work. And, and yeah, just knowing that you can hold both of those roles and, and yeah, my kids too, they're independent. They can make themselves food and we just put the piano in this room with a closed door. So they're older now, so I don't need to be interrupted. You can just do your thing and argue out there and I'll be in here. Totally fine. <laughs> oh, the arguing. I'm telling you. <laughs> That's so fun. Yes, always. But it's so good. So did your teacher, sorry, back to when you started teaching, you were just 14, 15. And did your teacher help you know what to say I'll you that's that's a good question she did um she she knew kind of the baton that she was passing to me because there were some funny logistics at the store that i was teaching at mm -hmm. um <laughs> and i'll just leave it there but the owner was a little um difficult to deal with so more than anything we would trade stories back and forth a lot in oh. fact i have a very vivid memory of so my teacher at that time in my life, 
her studio was kind of down in her basement and little did I know that there was like a window up at the top that just barely peeked out into the driveway. And one night I left my lesson and got into the car with my mom and she was livid because she said, you guys did not play the piano one single time. I watched you. <laughs> that all we did was like jabber back and forth about how crazy the <laughs> owner of the store was. And, <laughs> and I was like, oops, I have been caught red handed. Um, and so <laughs> that's actually something that I very much strive not to do in my own lessons. <laughs> Because we all know how easy it is to talk the time away. <laughs> yes, especially when you have students who are teaching. Yes, is, yeah, sure. it's easy to spend half the lesson and they have questions and they want to yeah. know. And for sure. Well, and that's it's kind of fun. So I started a couple years ago offering summer pedagogy training for high school students in my area and online. And that has turned into something that's really fun. So several of my students are now teaching a handful of students in the area. And so we do use some of their lesson time to troubleshoot like actual pedagogical problems. Yes. <laughs> but maybe not oh, just so griping good. about random things. <laughs> I want to hear more about that. And and then you said when you when you um decided to not teach at the university anymore. Mm -hmm. You've been creating more more content for teachers, you said. Tell us about that. So, that's the goal anyway. I'm I'm just I'm pretty new into this, you know, newfound chunk of time. So that's great. Um but one of the big things that I did release in January was my Studio Foundations course, which is a collection of 17 video lessons that centers around these 14 foundational principles that I have that I feel like have kept me <laughs> with a pleasant disposition and happy in this profession for the long haul. And there are things that I don't typically think we get taught in pedagogy classes. Um, of course, every pedagogy class is different. And that's why I, you know, I think it's always a mixed bag. Um, we have something to learn from everyone. Um, but anyway, so it's just kind of my personal like little playbook of tips that I what all studio teachers of every instrument to know. Um, and so that's been really fun to put that together. Give us a couple um, examples, just two or something. Well, I'll tell you what, a few of them really do relate very strongly back to our teacher tips that we'll talk about here. In okay, a bit. So, so maybe, maybe we'll I'll leave you into those for a second. Yeah, but tell me about your course because you have one too, right? I have a course too. Just, yeah, I was thinking of my students who have started teaching themselves mm -hmm. and just tried to think of what I wish I had when I started, you know, my, my high school teacher gave me a lesson, how to teach a first lesson, but not a whole that. lot after that. And so I wanted a little more tips and advice and just like, kind of like what you're saying, ways to keep going through the hard times, mindset type of things. And so I just tried to boil it down to really what what my high school young adult students really need. Um, and there's videos and then the actual papers that I write on when I teach. I updated them finally after I made them before I had kids. And then now my kids are all in school. I updated them and put those on there and included and how to plan a recital and Wow. Yeah, so it's fun. You've done it all. That's fantastic. That's I think this is truly such an incredible element of the time that we're living in that, you know, 
you know, years ago, there were a few key voices that, you know, had work published and, you know, and, and who you got to learn from in the world. And they were fantastic voices. But now with the openness of the internet and all these avenues we have to learn in, isn't it fantastic that we can all share, you know, our own sets of experiences and our own life lessons? Um, because we all have something to learn from each other. I absolutely believe that to my core. So 100%, 100% totally agree. Well, let's head into your three top tips for let's beginning teachers. What would you okay. tell your young self? All right, my young self, first and foremost, um, and this is actually the first principle I talk about in the Studio Foundations course, but is literally that, again, we all have something to offer, and therefore, other teachers are your colleagues, and they are not your competition. So I think, especially as someone who grew up in the profession very young, and, you know, I felt like I had kind of earned my stripes, but I was in a small town and I didn't know really what else was out there. And then when I started kind of encountering other teachers, I felt like I really had to prove myself, you know, and I felt like um, I needed to establish myself as someone who really knew what she was talking about and who really, you know, had students that played incredibly well and, you know, that I had all this business stuff figured out and all of those things. And I think if I would have been less focused on trying to prove myself to other people, I could have just stepped back and really learned a lot from everyone else that I encountered. Um, and I know even, you know, that carried through even through my master's degree. Um, when I began my master's degree, I really felt like I just had it all figured out and it was just kind of a formality that I was going to get a pedagogy degree. Um, and it's not really until like years in hindsight that I go, oh, I really learned a lot <laughs> through that process. Um, and it's just the more open I am to talking to other teachers and instead of trying to convince them that I know what I'm doing, just really learn from them and be humble and open about the struggles that I've had, which are struggles that they have inevitably had as well then it's just a huge resource, right? I think that the loneliness that can set in as a studio teacher is pretty profound. And we have to learn that like we are each other's lifeline because we're the only ones who understand what this whole gig is about. <laughs> so true. Yeah. And we were just talking about MTNA. Here's a little plug for MTNA. Just right before this, we had our, our chapter meeting and and the presenter was amazing, but also we had lunch and got even the best ideas just, just hanging out and talking with other teachers and commiserating. You just feel so much better when you're with someone who understands. Absolutely. We just, you know, we just need each other so very much. And I always think that's important. You know, when you're dealing with your local teachers, of course, you're going to deal with some of them that are a little hard to get along with that happens. But at the same time, you know, your local teachers in your community are generally going to be with you longer than any of your students. You know, like they're the relationships that you want to protect and build and grow because you are going to see each other around meetings and festivals and recitals and things for however long you're living there. <laughs> and that, really to me, is, that, yeah, I think it's really valuable to mm -hmm. nurture those relationships and to do whatever you can do to, you know, stay on pleasant terms with everyone. <laughs> so 
<laughs> yeah, that's my advice. And so to first time teachers and, and newer teachers, just to, you know, be open to learning from each other, uh, be gracious to other teachers, and it just really pays off. Oh, I so agree. Next one, number two. All right. So number two, <laughs> this one always feels a little bit um, I don't know, kind of tugs on our heartstrings, but I like to remind teachers that at least for the time being, that your students end up being kind of a bigger part of your life than you are of theirs. And give me a second to explain that because it sounds really awful, I know. But, <laughs> but if you think about it, I mean, our students have these big, gigantic lives, right? And piano can be really important to them. That's great. But they still have so many different facets to who they are and their navigation of the world around them, right? And so as we do this, it's important to recognize that since they are our job, they're our work, we inevitably spend more time thinking about them than they do about us. And sometimes that feels like it kind of hurts a little bit, but actually it's just the way it's supposed to be. <laughs> and that I think that our impact on down the road is certainly going to be intense and and strong and i think they'll look back on their life and realize how huge we were in their lives but i don't think we should you know assume or frame our work with them in any way that makes piano more important than their overall growth so that's we, kind of where i'm coming from and with we that. treasure each of those relationships we remember these kids oh sure we, we do save everything <laughs> Yes. Oh, yeah. we save everything, all the memories. And I mean, it's such a privilege to get to work one on one or even in groups with these students every week. We live a lot of life together. You know, I was thinking the other day, I have a couple of adult students who I've had for over 13 years now. And it's like they knew me before kids. Um, I knew them like while they were still working pre retirement or, you know, like through all the things we've seen loss of family members together and all of these things. It's really a privilege. It really is. It really is. Thank you. I agree with all of that. And I love your third one. <laughs> okay, this is kind of brass tacks. Are you ready? So third point today is that if we look at the, you know, the, the fundamental elements of music, we have pitch and we have rhythm, right? And as music teachers, we have to prioritize the rhythm. And that is because students will prioritize the pitch every time, <laughs> right? So there are a lot of things, like I think back on my early music teaching days, and I almost taught uh, time signatures like an afterthought, right? I was almost like, oh yeah, so now we have three beats here, and now we have four beats there, and you know, it's just like a math problem, you know, like how many beats are in the measure? No, it's a lot bigger than that. <laughs> And our students, you know, as a human being, we can't help but want to play the right notes, right? So, of course, we're going to make sure that we press the right keys as we play our pieces. But if we sacrifice the pulse of the music for that purpose, then we're not really making our music, are we? Because music needs rhythm and it needs pitch. 
and you know our students are going to go home and practice and if they play a wrong note chances are they're going to fix it but if they don't have the right pulse there's a lot less likely chance they're going to fix that so even though they're both of equal importance in a technical sense we as teachers always have to drill that rhythm um, i also think we're really good at creating drills to drill pitch right we you know talk about drilling notes on the staff and flashcards and all of those things but we also need to drill rhythm away from pieces and i don't think teachers do that as much as we probably should <laughs> i so agree preach and also, <laughs> and also just that continuity like even if they understand the note values like they, they're not really thinking that it's a half note that they're playing, but they are adding an extra beat to find the next pitch. No, no, we need to get rid of that extra beat. <laughs> yes, the rhythm and the pitch are equal importance. So agree. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm so glad that you agree that oh, yeah. you're well on your way. <laughs> you no, know, yeah, and I've got a couple podcasts about just rhythm how to teach it and how to reinforce it and and i bet that group piano is a good way to oh, reinforce that goodness. because they're going to want to keep up with everybody it's so important and and truly like the fact that my private students can still meet more regularly in groups now has been a huge benefit uh, because you are so right. We all know once students get to band, their rhythm always gets better, right? Because they get used to playing and having to move forward. And, you know, so putting them in ensembles every week has, you know, it started off with a really eye-opening, you know, revelation. <laughs> how hard this indeed was for some of my students. Um, but then over the course of the year, that has been a source of real improvement in my studio. And I'm pretty proud of that. Fantastic. Oh my goodness. Well, we could just talk and talk for days. Thank you, Christina Whitlock of the Beyond Measure podcast for coming on my little starter fledgling one. I really, really appreciate it so much. Um, anything, any last little tips for our beginning teachers out there? Wow, I don't know about closing thoughts, but I will tell you, it's just, you know, you talk about your, quote, small fledgling podcast, you know, you just keep showing up, keep doing the work, and then all of a sudden you'll blink your eyes and you're going to have this large, substantial body of work to show for it. Um, and that's how I feel about my podcast is I, you know all of a sudden I'm like, oh, wow, I've really like created this resource of a solid structure of my philosophy over the years. Um, and that's pretty great. So I'm proud of you for putting yourself out there. It's not easy to do. And I would encourage other teachers to find an avenue to share what you know. You know, I ask teachers all the time, like who is mentoring you? And then who are you mentoring? Because we should have both in play. Um, that to me is very important. We need to keep learning, but we also need to pass the torch on. So I hope that more people will take advantage of the technology that we have available. I agree. Oh, I love it. Christina, you're the best. I'm gonna give you oh, right back at you. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on with me today. And it's so fun to see your new group studio and hear about all the great things you're doing. You know, I don't have it all put together. It's so fun to hear your story and, and where you're at now. So thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. 
and you're so welcome. Enjoy your kids and your teaching. <laughs> Will do. Thanks for joining me on this episode. Teaching piano has given me a fun and fulfilling way to add to my family income. With over 20 years of experience, I've put together my best advice into the Piano Teacher Primer course. It gives the motivation to start teaching and the confidence to keep going. We can multiply the joy of music and multiply income at the same time. Visit AngelaToon.com and together we'll change the world one student at a time.